have less control, I guess, over the long end of the market than they do on the short end. Um, obviously, they can manage the short end uh, um, the level of interest rate quite directly. Um, the level of the bond yield um, can be influenced clearly by them, but uh, other factors come into play. Uh, and uh, so less control they can have over the long end of, uh, of uh, debt. Um, so, yes, uh, they'll be watching it closely. They'd like to keep it in, in a stable level, but um, it, can, it can have a life of its own, of course, the bond market. Toby, have a great weekend. Thanks very much. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO at Societe Generale India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this week and everything around Asia looking pretty flat at the moment. The ASX 200 in Australia is flat. Uh, the Cosby in South Korea is flat. The Nikkei 225 in Japan down about a third of a percent. But looks like the Hang Seng is going to open flat as well in an hour's time. In the commodities markets, uh, Brent crude oil slipping a little bit, trading at $43.30 a barrel. Uh, gold is uh, down at $1,876 an ounce. Just to let you know that with effect from Monday, this channel and all radio stations will be broadcasting the national anthem at 8 o'clock every morning before the news. Money Talk will start as normal at 8.03 a.m., so I'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Stay tuned to Radio 3 for back chat with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy, dry with sunny intervals at first, one or two rain patches later. Maximum temperature is going to be about 25 degrees. The outlook, windier with a few rain patches over the weekend and there are going to be sunny intervals early next week. It's 22 degrees, 54% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. The convener of the Pan-Democrats, Wu Chi-Wai, has described it as a relief after he and 14 other pro-democracy legislators resigned yesterday. They were protesting Beijing's ousting of four of their colleagues for unpatriotic behaviour. Democratic Party chairman Mr Wu defended the disruptive tactics by opposition lawmakers in LegCo, saying the government had refused to respond to people's demands following last year's mass anti-government protests. He said the fight for democracy would continue. I believe as long as we can keep our determination to fight and we never give up, then we can get the results because no dictatorship or authoritative type of government can sustain their regime forever. So we have to keep up because I believe democracy and freedom, it is the mainstream for people to work for in the coming futures and it will come definitely one day. The European Union has called on Beijing to reverse its decision to disqualify the four pro-democracy lawmakers, saying it's a severe blow to political pluralism and freedom of opinion in Hong Kong. Britain summoned the Chinese ambassador to express its concern about Beijing's new rules, which cleared the way for the ouster, saying they breached the legally binding Sino-British joint declaration. Tom Tugendhat, an MP from Britain's governing Conservative Party, said he believed it was the end of Hong Kong's special status as a separate territory. Well, we've gone from one country, two systems, to one man, one vote, and that man being uh, General Secretary Xi of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, you know, we've ended the democratic experiment largely in, in Hong Kong, and I think that's sadly becoming increasingly clear. A growing number of prominent Republicans in the United States are joining top Democrats calling for Joe Biden to receive the daily presidential intelligence briefings. They include the Republican governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, who's referred to Mr. Biden as president-elect. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, said Republicans were engaged in an absurd circus over the election instead of dealing with the pandemic. The Democratic Party leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, urged them to stop spreading conspiracy theories that were harming the country. 
The election is over. It wasn't close. President Trump lost. Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Kamala Harris will be the next vice president of the United States. Senate Republicans, stop denying reality. Stop deliberately and recklessly sowing doubt about our democratic process. And start focusing on COVID. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chivas and your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today, is there any future for democracy in Hong Kong? Popularly elected, pro-democracy lawmakers began tendering their resignations yesterday, a day after four of their colleagues were disqualified by Beijing. The convener of the pan-democratic camp, Wu Chi-Wai, said he hopes the mass resignation will show the entire world how ridiculous it was for the MPCSC to oust the lawmakers and how Beijing has completely destroyed one country, two systems. The pan-democratic camp has had majority support in the population since 1997. What is its future? Is there any real prospect of representative government or even accountability in future in Hong Kong? Attention is now turning to the district councils and as regulation and supervision of schools, universities, social organisations, the media and the internet is specifically mandated in the national security legislation, what are the broader prospects for a society where there is a plurality of views. Let us know your thoughts while you can. Our message, you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on 233-88266. And after 9.15, we're going to be discussing the latest on the US elections and Trump's legal battles there. Joining us for the discussion now, uh, we have Sinjun Kai, who's uh, chairman of the Kwai Ching uh, District Council, a former IT sector lawmaker, and Christine Lowe, who's a former undersecretary for the uh, environment, Fred Lee joining us later as well. A couple of uh, emails to uh, maybe kick us off. Um, uh, Andrew Kay says, uh, here's an idea. Why don't Hong Kong's critics take a look in the mirror and fix their own problems first? They're collectively teetering on the brink of collapse. Hong Kong is a far superior place to live than any UK or American city. We do not need or want their advice. Perhaps the newly unemployed pandems would be happier living there. It's going to be tough for them here with a 100k a month hole in their income. That's from uh, Andrew Kay. And uh, Alan says, uh, Backchat, is there a future for democracy in Hong Kong? Not while Xi Jinping is in power. Probably not after that either. Since he is 67 and has appointed himself leader for life, there are 10 or 20 years of darkness at least ahead for Hong Kong. Autocrats do not become more tolerant with age. Conflict with the West is likely to increase as they push back on Xi's exercises in soft power corruption, espionage and hard military power in the region and world. Hong Kong democracy might be supported by some countries, but regardless of motivation, Beijing will always see this as subversion and respond by punishing any Hong Kong as it can scapegoat in increasingly draconian ways. Political paranoia and official xenophobia will kill the world city of Hong Kong. Merry Christmas. That's from Alan. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Uh, as we mentioned, we have uh, two former legislators uh, joining us for the first half of the show and another former lawmaker um, joining us in the second half. Uh, the first half, uh, Christine Lowe, who's both former Undersecretary for Environment and former legislator. And here in the studio, Sin Chung Kai, former leg- legislator, now chair of the Kwaichung District Council. Uh, Sin Chung Kai, let's uh, start with you. Um, yes. Uh, as, as we said, good morning. As we said in the introduction, what is the future for the Democratic camp now in Hong Kong? Is there a future for Democratic 
Lake Camp. No representation in LegCo, still in the district councils for the moment. Is, do, you, do you expect to be targeted there? Well, there's a, definitely there's a future, but the future is very, very gloomy. Or even if it is a future, it is a very ducky future. Uh, it is the hardest time ever I have uh, since my life in politics. I started my elections uh, 35 years ago uh, in 1985, uh, uh, just uh, you know after the John declarations, and uh, we, I have gone through the transitions uh, in uh, 1997. This it's is actually the darkest moment that uh, I have ever seen. You say that, but yet the uh, pan-democratic camps still control almost all the district councils in Hong Kong. Yes, um, uh, 17 out of 18. Uh, uh, but uh, if you un- read the, un- uh, the basic law, you know, under the basic law, the, uh, this so-called, uh, the basic law does not govern too much details about the district council. So, okay, the local legislations will govern them. Oh. So uh, I don't think uh, at the moment that, that is the NPC Standing Committee, National People's Congress, uh, uh, will take care of the district council at the moment. Probably, I guess, um, after the uh, the exodus of the pandemics from the legislative council, then the uh, uh, the 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 Beijing controlled uh, legislative council, the government will put forward uh, le- new legislations, and I think new legislation governing the the uh, the district councils will be installed uh, p- uh, before the uh, the next elections in twenty twenty three. For uh, for district councils, so they will be in places of some uh, tools for the government restricting the uh, what to be discussed. They will tightening the, what to be discussed in the uh, district councils. For example, at the, in the last uh, in the last uh, ten months uh, after our uh, our first meeting in January, uh, many of uh, some of our our, our discussion item has been disqualified, decued. Well, for example, when we want to talk about the, uh, you know, tomorrow's dental islands, uh, you know, which was discussed at the three years ago in the district, in former district councils, but it was not allowed it, uh, or uh, uh, to be discussed in, in, in this council. So I think uh, the government uh, uh, is not happy about the control of uh, district councils by the pan-democrats, and they would like to take, they would, they would definitely take care of it. But I think they will. I believe they will use local legislation to tackle it, and that takes takes, takes a little time. So, so I mean, so they yeah, so they eviscerate the legislative council and the district councils. But the, as you know, they've always had popular support. Uh, the Dem- the Democratic camp has been the most popular mm. uh, camp in, in in polls and in elections since 1997. What's going to happen to though that? Those people. What are those people? To the people well, I, I, after the after the minded. after the departure of the legislative uh, councillor of the, the pandemocrats, I think the government will also put forward the legislation to allow the so-called, uh, you know, um, uh, the voters to be cast votes to be casted in the so-called the Greater Bay Area. Uh, they allow them uh, those Hong Kong residents uh, living. But, in, again, I'm saying the people in Hong Kong, the supporters of the pandems who are the majority of people in Hong Kong, it mm. seems. Yeah. What, what are the, what's going to happen to them? Well, if, I, if you ask these questions, I am very relatively gloomy. I think a, 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 whole, a, a, a substantial chunk of these people will choose to leave Hong Kong. Uh, they will choose to uh, immigrate out of Hong Kong. 
um, maybe in Australia. If you had to make comparisons between the uh, brain drain that we saw in the um, 1980s, early 1990s, and the brain drain you're expecting now, which one would you say would be bigger? I think this, this current will be bigger. Bigger and bigger than the one in 1990 to 1994. In uh, 1990 to 1994, there are uh, 300,000 immigrants out of Hong Kong, which is about 1% each year uh, in the population, 1% of the population in that uh, period. If I have a relatively comparison. I, I believe, I guess, this period, this time, the, 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 the wave is actually larger. I guess uh, there will be half a million to less than a million uh, uh, in this fringe, about half a million to one million of people uh, may choose to leave Hong Kong. And uh, adding to that, um, uh, uh, if the government allowed uh, Greater Bay Area votings, uh, so the substantial the support to 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 Democrat will be will be lessened because of uh, you know <laughs> increase of the support by from uh, for the for the uh, establishment in Victor Bay area and the outgoing uh, immigrants that we lose some of our votes. Yeah. Mm. Christine Lowe, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thanks very much indeed for for, for joining us. What sort of future do you think there is for? Uh, the democratic movement, who have dominated, in, at least in, in number terms, uh, the politics of Hong Kong since uh, since the handover and before. Yes, I, I agree with uh, Xin Zhong Gai that I think we've entered into a very difficult period uh, of uh, you know of just our local politics and uh, the the dequeuing of uh, of sitting uh, legislators. Um, this is part of what I would call the unfinished business of uh, patriotism. Um, uh, you will remember, starting with Deng Xiaoping, the statement that Hong Kong is a potential subversive base. This has always been one of Beijing's fears. And that uh, because Hong Kong people have long associations with the West, uh, that our, you know, our loyalty to the motherland is in doubt. So there are two sorts of things that, that are happening. One is reassert, you know, assertion of uh, the symbols of uh, patriotism. So, for example, uh, at schools, you know, uh, singing, singing the, uh, the national anthem, which, by the way, I don't have a problem with, uh, but also that the people who are ruling Hong Kong, the Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong, the Hong Kong people uh, have to be sufficiently patriotic. And so I think the culmination of several years of, uh, you know, the protest of 2019, people going overseas to call for sanctions and so on, I think for Beijing, seeing all of this from Beijing, this is the problem that uh, uh, the patriotism uh, uh, issue has never been resolved uh, in Hong Kong. So I, I think this is all now bursting open. And until we go through this phase, uh, I think it's very difficult for us to restart some kind of discussion with Beijing on uh, uh, any kind of democratic reform. This is not just about the Legislative Council, is it? I mean, we referred in the start to the provisions in the national security law on um, on the media and uh, education and the internet. Uh, I mean, the, the, presumably there are implications broad, more broadly for civic society in Hong Kong. Uh, well, I think this is, as I said, unfinished business of patriotism. Uh, the but my point is, patriotism is not the, the patriotic requirement is not just about the Legislative Council, is it? Well, that's so. right. 
that that that's right. And therefore, this is a difficult time for Hong Kong because you know a typical Hong Kong person, uh, you know, I mean, Sing Jung Gai and I have been around for a bit, meaning that we're not we're not so young. But when we were growing up in Hong Kong, uh, I think as a colonial government, we were not really ever asked to pledge our loyalty to the Queen. Um, so Hong Kong people have, I think, been you know kind of very free of that sort of thing. But I think. We, we, now that we are a part of China, China feels very much that Hong Kong could be used as a, a subversive base. And we, are, we have entered a time of uh, U.S.-China conflict. So I think all of these factors uh, are at play in Hong Kong. And I think we've also had a lot of discussions recently that uh, Hong Kong is collateral, you know, collateral damage. And this continuing uh, uh, narrative also between the West uh, and China about Hong Kong, about whether the joint declaration has been uh, broken, uh, you know, all of that creates a time here of, uh, you know, very unsettled politics. Now, you were part, you were democratic, uh, legislating the democratic camp uh, the last time that um, all democratic uh, legislators, or almost all democratic legislators, uh, left the Legislative Council. And you had a year and then 1997 to 98 with virtually no Democrats in the Legislative Council. And then they were, they were back again in large numbers the following year. But um, you, you don't think this is going to happen again this time? Um, uh, well, perhaps we might see uh, a new generation of politicians coming 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 forward um, this notion of disqualification uh, uh, the, the the effect is you, you are stopping certain people who had supposedly done certain things uh, that contravene some law that they won't be able to stand for election now who who will stand for election so I'll, I'll just hold that question there but there's another issue actually for the the pro-establishment camp um, and, I mean, if I can give them a message, is that, um, frankly, they've been rather lackluster. And, you know, they now hold sway in the legislature. And they say they don't want to be a rubber stamp. You know, being in the legislature is not about the idea of the rubber stamp. Whatever the, the, the establishment, uh, whatever the government wants, you know, you just agree. What we want is really, we still want to see some quality discussions. You know, and how is that going to be, be okay. done? But, okay, but um, Christine Lowe, who, who cares? Who cares what you think? Who cares what, how they perform? Who cares what Carrie Lam does? If Carrie Lam is completely incompetent, there's no, there's no consequence. There's no accountability. There's no accountability for the legislators because there will be no opposition uh, permitted. No, no one will be allowed to stand against them. Isn't well, that the future? I, 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 I think that's one perspective. The other perspective is... You know, however difficult our electoral politics is, uh, we do kind of need to carry on, uh, no matter how disappointed we are. So, you know, how will Hong Kong people deal with this period? Now, as Sin Chung Gai said, you know, he fears that maybe a, a, a fairly large number might leave Hong Kong. Yes, that's, I think, quite possible. But since we'll still have, you know, a community of 7 million people, um, it, it, the new politicians, the new people that might come forward... How will they deal with this period of time? Because what they want is to bring Hong Kong back to some kind of normality where we can deal with issues, deal with Beijing, uh, and have a future. Uh, Sin Chung Tai referred to sort of half a million to a million people leaving. Do you think that kind of scenario is plausible? I, I don't really know. 
I mean, that's way above my pay grade. Well, we're just asking you to um, to offer your own views. Are you going to? I don't know. No, I don't know, and I don't like to guess on these kinds of situations. I mean, uh, because the... it is so important. It is a personal choice for people. Okay, people might do that. They might leave, or they might get angry. You know, Christine Lowe, they might get more angry than they are now. I, I agree. I agree. I, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that uh, people won't react in some ways. I'm just saying I don't want to put forward a number because I, I really don't know. Yeah, I'm not talking about emigration. I'm, I'm talking about people who, who have to stay here and uh, find themselves frustrated because there, is, there will be no recourse because the power of the chief executive will be completely unchecked. Well, but going forward, that's one perspective. You know, Hong Kong, ordinary lives need to carry on. So how will we be able to hold two thoughts at the same time in our heads? One is that we're displeased with the political system. The other one is life has to carry on. Now, I don't have a great answer to that. Uh, let's go back to this issue of patriotism because that, that's an issue you found difficult in the past. I think there was a famous occasion in the Leadership Council when they were debating the Dayu Islands when you, you, you said you were rather bored, you found this issue of um, pat patriotism rather difficult to handle. Yes, definitely. Uh, uh, that is something not required in the basic law uh, when we first uh, contested the elections, even before and after the, elected, the transitions. And uh, uh, adding to these uh, new requirements, uh, uh, I agree with uh, Prisino that there will be a new generation of politicians uh, in, if there's any uh, legal elections in next year or the year after next. Um, uh, but if, if there is any legal elections, you're not sure whether there will be. Definitely, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, I, I guess they will be. Uh, you know, it's a matter of time. Because uh, what you say is, yeah. is shared by a lot of ordinary people in Hong Kong. There are a lot of people in Hong Kong mm. in, who just are sceptical about whether there will ever be elections But in even Hong Kong though again. if there is electoral elections, uh, I am pretty gloomy that, you know, uh, those who previously casted their vote, will, some of them will, will think, you know, casting the vote for, for electoral is no use because uh, uh, in one way or the other, you know, the electoral election will not be fair as before. You know, they, they choose the, their candidates because they, yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Tam Yu Chong, the, 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 the only uh, member of the Standing Committee of National People's Congress, has just said last evening, said, um, the resigned legislators won't be qualified for the elections because they, 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 their act of resignation uh, contravene with the uh, required act under the patriotism, etc. So I think uh, there will be a new bunch of uh, new legislators uh, from the uh, pan-democratic sides. Uh, uh, I do believe there will be content, uh, 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 some, some, some uh, new legislators from the oppositions. Definitely there will be. And even my Democratic Party will definitely strike to a uh, few candidates uh, in all districts. Uh, to contest the election, if there's any. Okay, this is an email from uh, Matthew addressed to Christine Lowe. Uh, uh, Ms Lowe, uh, Matthew says, given that Christine Lowe was both a pro-democracy politician and is an advocate for finding a way to harmoniously coexist with the CCP's one-party dictatorship, does she agree with the pan-democrat legislator's decision to resign LegCo and would she have done the same if she was in office? Also, if pro-democracy politicians as moderate and mild as Kwok Kaki and Kenneth Leung are unacceptable to the CCP, what kind of new generation pro-democracy candidate, as she put it, might emerge? Um, I think there are young people uh, in Hong Kong who 
is what you would call moderates. I mean, what, there is one issue here, um, which is, do they regard themselves as Chinese nationals? And as Chinese nationals, um, there, there are a range of things that are considered national security that you won't do, uh, like go overseas to lobby against your own country or Hong Kong. So I, I think these are these are the red lines, you know, also uh, not calling for independence and so on. Um, but none of, none of the four who disqualified came that. even close to calling for independence. Kokoki's yeah. not one of those. No, but and they have gone to, I, I think the, uh, I mean... And Kenneth no, Long certainly they're, they're didn't, call for, he didn't call for right. sanctions, did they he? Are very mod- they, they, are, they are moderate in terms of their political views, but I think on this occasion, their trip to the U.S. and calling for... Uh, uh, calling for for passage of uh, U.S. law against Hong Kong and China, and also I, I, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't, didn't some of them at least say they would prepare a list of Hong Kong officials to be sanctioned. Now, I'm not. I'm, what I'm saying is, those are the red lines that have been laid out in the national security law. Those are signs of uh, uh, patriotism. What I'm saying is, these are the sort of things that Beijing is wanting Hong Kong people to consider. You haven't answered Matthew's question, whether you agree with the pan-democrats legislator's decision to resign from LegCo, and whether you'd have done the same if you were still in office. Well, uh, I elected not to be in the provisional legislature in 1997, uh, and to be honest, I'm out of politics right now, so I'm not going to answer that question. So you wouldn't consider re-entering politics in Hong Kong? No, 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 no. I'm simply an analyst at the moment. Uh, what about those, I mean, basically a whole generation, I mean, you know, Tammy Chung has spoken of a whole generation who feel not Chinese or whatever, alienated uh, in, in, in many ways. What's going to happen to them in Hong Kong? Because a lot of them can't leave and they won't be leaving. What's going to happen I, to them? I, I think there is a discussion we need to have in Hong Kong um, and it will take time about Hong Kong being a part of China. Um, ha- having, having taught some students in Hong Kong recently, um, I-, I do feel that uh, amongst young people, uh, because I guess of their uh, negative feelings towards China, uh, they're also, you know, they, they, they don't want to uh, uh, understand China, so to speak. And this, this is one of those core issues uh, in Hong Kong that uh, uh, you remember, for example, when Mr. C.H. Tong was, chief sec- uh, was the, the chief executive, that even during those early days, you know, they keep calling for Hong Kong people to go, and ch- to, go to China to have a look, to understand. But I think we've become worse today than before. So this, this kind of uh, coming together again, I think it's still necessary. Uh, Sin Chong of course, there's this movie 10 years, which we've all seen looking 10 years into the future and very gloomy predictions. If you had to look 10 years into Hong Kong's future right now, and what kind of future do you see in Hong Kong in 10 years' time? I think uh, law and order. Uh, uh, the Beijing government will allow, uh, will allow a little voices, a little uh, uh, opposition voices. And uh, there will be uh, more stringent legislations, uh, you know, uh, to to be in place that controlling the uh, regulating the various levels of uh, 
councils, uh, both legislative councils and district councils. Okay. Internet as well? Uh, Can you imagine the internet being I open? think there will be certain kind of uh, surveillance and, uh, you know, uh, people will be... Uh, we bear more uh, respons- we have to bear more responsibility if they have to do something uh, uh, spread out some message in the internet i think i think it is quite still quite difficult for them to uh, to block or to censor uh, to censor uh, the message uh, going through the internet at the moment yeah. at the moment i don't think i don't think uh, beijing will install the, the same uh, control as they have in mainland china but the surveillance and the consequences say if you Spread out some message, uh, you know, uh, uh, voicing out, say, uh, uh, calling for independence of Hong Kong. Definitely, they, they, the national security, you know, enforcement agency will come after you. And then, and they use this kind of uh, legislations, uh, these acts, to tackle these, uh, you know, dissidents' uh, opinions. And the comparisons often made with Singapore. We say um, Hong Kong has had more freedoms than Singapore. You look 10 years in the future. Where would we rank on a freedom level compared with Singapore? I, I don't think we can enjoy as much uh, freedom as Singapore will have in 10 years' time. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, they they have open elections in Singapore. Yes, because they are, they are independent country. Hmm. So, but Hong Kong is not an independent country. So I don't think in 10 years' time, you know, after the whole picture... After the uh, after uh, the NPC uh, standing committee, they install all different uh, tools and regulations. This is not the end, you know. Uh, uh, the the last uh, decision is not the end. I think it is only a a whole wave of uh, 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 decisions they have come through. Some 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 decisions will have to be uh, installed by uh, by the chief executive. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thanks very much indeed for joining us, uh, Sinjin Kai, Chairman of the Kwaiching District Council, former IT sector lawmaker, and Christine Lowe, former uh, undersecretary, former legislator, and former undersecretary for the uh, environment. Fred Lee joining us after the news. Also going to be talking about the latest with the US uh, elections. The weather before the news at nine. It's going to be mainly cloudy, dry, with sunny intervals at first. One or two rain patches later. 22 degrees, the latest readings, with a relative humidity now of 50%. from the coronavirus, meaning two-thirds of the country will be under the toughest restrictions from Monday. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Friday morning. It's Friday the 13th and we're talking about the future of uh, democracy uh, in Hong Kong. Does such a thing uh, exist? Later we're going to be talking about democracy in the United States uh, with the latest on uh, the US elections and in particular the uh, the uh, conflict over the uh, results, uh, the accuracy uh, of the results. Uh, if you want to comment uh, we want to hear from you. Then you, you can email backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us on two. 2- 3388266 or you can go to our Facebook page that's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Okay, quite a few uh, emails. And on Facebook yeah. uh, on Facebook TC says so long as the traditional pan-democrats are leading the opposition Hong Kong will never achieve true democratisation. These people are treating it just as another job more than actually carrying out a noble cause. Uh, and uh, we were talking in the first part of the programme this morning to uh, Christine Lowe. Uh, John says, is Miss Lowe going to move to the USA soon uh, with her partner? 
Mushroom says, why doesn't the Hong Kong government invite President Xi and some of his advisors to live in downtown Wan Chai for a month and go on guided tours around Hong Kong and talk to the people? But don't use Carrie Lam because she does not know how to use the MTR. He can talk with the public and find out the good points of Hong Kong and promote them to China because before Chinese people liked Hong Kong, before Chinese people liked Hong Kong because the system worked well. And Hong Kong does have some systems that are better than the UK and better than America, and we are a peaceful society. And unbeknown to many people in Hong Kong, China does have some very advanced systems that would work well uh, in Hong Kong. That is from Mushroom. Uh, Matthew says, Of course, under President Xi, there is no future for democracy in Hong Kong, as we know and wish for it, but only for CCP-style democracy, which we'll now increasingly hear is a legitimate form of democracy. Related up to no, now only the US and Trump administration have matched their expressions of concern over the destruction of freedom here with action. It will be interesting to see how or if this changes under Biden, who we are told will be more effective at such things. As for other countries, and especially the UK, who've made several rounds of comments expressing serious concerns about Hong Kong and the violation of the Joint Declaration, I think it might be counterproductive and equal to a tacit approval for them to keep making these statements with no action. That comes from Matthew. And I think there was some discussion of possible sanctions. Uh, yes, I think a, a British Foreign Office Minister actually in, in the House of Commons, um, a question about the latest developments in Hong Kong, uh, for the first time referred to the, the, the UK possibly imposing sanctions as well. Although uh, as far as I understand, Britain doesn't actually have a law allowing that to, to do that at present. So you'd have to enact an act of parliament first. Hmm. Uh, MT says, what to do for the pandems? Do something constructive. Now that the pandems are no longer in LegCo, they can look to creating a vision of how they see Hong Kong rather than only acting in a destructive manner at every turn. Pandems have hurt the people of Hong Kong by their actions in the LegCo. And the challenge for the pro-establishment camp is to be an effective check and balance to the government. What a mess. Take a long, hard look at yourself, pandems. That comes uh, from uh, MT. Andrew Kay says, People leaving Hong Kong again? How disconnected from reality are these people? As I've said before, revisit this every six months and you will see the stupidity of this argument. And uh, Frank, uh, who emailed uh, yesterday on patriotism and nationalism, says, while patriotism fundamentally means affection for one's country and willingness to defend it, nationalism is a more extreme, unforgiving form of allegiance to one's country in the thought that it is the best. And Tom says, by resigning in mass, uh, pandems have, may have just handed the government the card to label them as unpatriotic or seditious, and there's a good chance they will all be banned from politics for life. In the power vacuum, is there any room for a pale yellow centrist opposition party to form? Is there anyone left in Hong Kong who thinks both sides are a bit ridiculous and can hold things together, follow the rules and propose their own reforms? The pandems tweet as if the CCP is the world's most brutal authoritarian power, but they act as if it's a benevolent schoolteacher that will see their point of view if they just keep arguing. Uh, that is from Tom. Thank you. We're now joined by another former lawmaker, uh, Fred Lee, who's now a political consultant. Uh, good morning, Mr Lee. Welcome back to Backchat. Good morning. Now, in the first half of the show, we heard from your former colleague, Sing Chung Kai, who was very gloomy. He was talking about um, half a million, maybe even one million people leaving Hong Kong and uh, uh, the government targeting uh, Democrats in the uh, district councils next. Uh, w what's your view on the future? You look at the newspaper every day, you know, the advertisement about the property in Thailand, in UK, in Vancouver, in Toronto, then that, that tells us, you know, a lot of people are thinking about immigrating out, moving out of Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think most of them are the, in, the, in, the, in the 
middle about more on the yellow side, you know, the camp. I'm talking about those people, young professionals. This is really sad for over 20, so many years I, I involved in the politics. And now uh, the China, the, the, the Communist Party is really, is really, really high-handed, I would say. Maybe because of the President Xi, uh, because of the, you know, uh, sorry, I have some background noise here. That's and, okay, we can hear you. Uh, you can hear you, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. Then uh, I, 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 can, I can only say, you know, next year, the, if we still have the election, that now I have a question mark. Um, if we still have the election, then um, all the people now today, they quit, cannot join, for sure. That's, that I think already stated quite clear. The question is whether their party, their party other candidates can join the election or not. That is really a critical question. Do you, do you think, but, uh, sorry, you think parties like the Democratic Party, which is the uh, first civic political party, party civic yeah. party, you, you think that uh, they might be banned altogether from, stand, uh, from standing in the election? In extreme case, in extreme case, um, I myself, is, I guess, you know, if those parties going for... Uh, self-determination or already claiming one country two system is dead and the basic law is no, no longer you know uh, in effective and if they keep on saying that the whole party I mean the whole party's platform uh, then I will afraid I will afraid uh, nobody from their part their party this party can can be you know go through you know the candidate for uh running Apart from the apart from the parties, the the national security legislation specifically says, specifically charges the authorities in Hong Kong with increasing the regulation and supervision of schools, universities, social organisations, the media, and the uh, internet. Uh, what is that going to look like? Yeah, you, what you say is quite true. For for even my you know uh, past past involvement in the in the politics. I already witnessed, you know, um, the, the Communist Party want to penetrate. And that's the law. I'm not making that up. I'm quoting word for word what it says in the legislation. What, what, uh, for this time, okay, DQ, DQ the four you know, uh, legislators. And it comes from MPC, Standing Committee. I don't know what law they're using. They're only using national security law. This should be leave to the Hong Kong government to, to, to go through step by step, not a standing committee meeting, put, put, uh, put forward a motion and then DQ the four candidates. I think this is absolutely, absolutely not, 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 not in a law legal position that in Hong Kong for so many years, we will accept that, we will buy that. That is really disappointing and hurting the feelings of Hong Kong people. Uh, is this uh, only about the Legislative Council, or would you expect changes in other areas of Hong Kong's, uh, Hong Kong life as well? I think in education, for sure, because uh, I, I, my, I'm sure the, the Beijing, the government, the central government will really, you know, uh, cannot bear, you know, the education example. You know, several years ago about the, the national education. Uh, about you know uh, China and then a, a lot of movement against that uh, implement the school. You know, you, 
you, you know, that uh, movement, I think that movement really irritate, really uh, anger the Communist Party because you look at the, in, in mainland China, all the primary schools, secondary schools, they have a lot of patriotic uh, education, learning how to love your country, uh, how to love the Communist Party. But in Hong Kong, nothing like that. And, and the media and the internet? Same. I think the two areas, okay, media, education, are the most vulnerable area. And, and the judiciary and the legal system? Uh, that I have still have to take some time to observe, okay, the legal system. The legal system, the I mean particularly, not, not the... Not the uh, legal department. I'm talking about the judiciary, the judges in all level of courts. Uh, I still have some, you know, uh, hope, hope, you know, hope. Not, not, not. But already, you know, damaged a bit. Already damaged a bit. You know, in the past, I have full confidence of the judiciary. But I think as time goes on. Uh, I still have some reservation now. I mean, f for example, if you know, with regard to legislators, uh, the decisions about whether they can stand or not, uh, I know, are made by returning officers, and there is no appeal mechanism uh, under law. That's that's not part of the judiciary. They're advised by the DOJ, uh, um, but you know, they they escape the judiciary, don't they? So um, that's maybe one way. You know, a typical way that. Uh, the government will sidestep the judiciary. That's exactly the... This why, that's why I say the legal department that I won't really have trust now. But the judiciary still have. But the only way mm -hmm. to appeal for, you know, DQ in the, in, in, in register as a candidate is by judicial review, JRO. But that would take years. You know, that's... So it's, it can't really help you to run the election. So, so what would so, you advise your former colleagues in the Democratic Party now and so on to, to give up on elected politics in Hong Kong or just, to, just still to fight on against the odds? <coughs> oh, <clears throat> I think we, they still have to try the best aspect, uh, example, Democratic Party, the one I'm still in, the, the member. I, I urge them still running but have plan B or plan C, you know, different candidates, you know, and try to still... We can't, as a political party, how can we, you know, uh, run away from election? It's impossible for a party. Election is a must. It's the way that you try to put your platform into a real, you know, uh, political world. No, no, no seats in the, in, in the electoral, no seats in the district council. You are not a party, right? Okay, and is that so? Is there a future for the Democratic Party? Not just Democratic Party. I think all the Democrats, no matter which party, is facing the same issues. High-handed, quite one-sided pressure now from Beijing. And Carrie Lam is the one, is the CE, also fully collaborate with the central government. We're not there to say anything. You know, um, so um, I'm pressimistic. You know, as my colleague, Sinjo Gai, just read uh, previously. You yeah. Know, what, what, uh, what about, 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, yeah, that a lot of people, you think a lot of people will want to leave Hong Kong. What, what about the people who can't leave? In particular, the younger generation. And the, it's the younger generation who have been uh, particularly yellow. Um, uh, what's going to happen to them uh, in the next 10, 20 years? Will they change their minds or will they, you know, what will happen? Will they go in, will they leave politics or, or what? Of course. Um, or will they get angry? Angry, of course. That's for sure. That's for sure. It's really angry. It's really angry. But because of the, you know, the, 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 the virus, COVID-19, because of the, the law, because of the national security law, you know, they can't really come out on the street, you know, uh, performing what they did last year because, you know, the sentencing, the years of imprisonment is really high now. The, 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 the risk is so high. Even they're young, they are really, uh, you know, idealistic, but still afraid of going to jail for 10 years, 7 years as a 18 years old guy or girl or 20 years old, you know. They, they, they know the consequences, so they can only be frustrated, and even they can't really do something on internet, in the social media. They would be caught if they saying something independence or against the Communist Party, or you know, going for help from the United States or UK. That would be they would be caught. So they know the consequences. Do you think even after COVID is over, we'll never see a um, we'll never see a reoccurrence of the sort of street protest no, we saw last year? No, right? I don't. Th I don't think so. Only like maybe some uh, small incident, really catch and run things. You know, just two or three or four or five coming out. You know, they, uh, damage the traffic lights and run away. Something like that. Or would we see more violence? Be I mean, even last year there were reports of um, of weapons being used in some cases and and guns and so on. Is it possible some people might resort to those kind of methods? Only if the foreign countries in the wind. Otherwise, how can you expect the Hong Kong young people, eighteen years so no way to get the gun or get the bomb, no, you know, those things, unless someone helping them, and those are someone not in Hong Kong. So what's the future? Most likely people will give up on politics? Uh, for sure, for sure. If those young people, they are not the deep yellow, they are maybe a shallow yellow, a bit yellow, they will forget about running, you know, Electrical or District Council. So the next time, you know, the, the next District Council election is very dynamic. Because this time, so many young people, independent, they are more deep yellow. Most of them are deep yellow, you know. Uh, the next coming election is very, I, I will worry a bit, you know. Or will, I mean, the Hong Kong people are very pragmatic. Will many people just decide this is, this is the future of Hong Kong and we'll accept it as it is? Hong Kong people are pragmatic, but they, are, they will voice out there disagreement by voting. You look at the district council election, most of those young people got elected, not because of their political platform, not because of their, you know, anything, just because they are the yellow against the government on the extradition bill. So 
you look at the still we have the vote the vote if next year we still have the electoral election and those parties can still send their representative to run i think most of the people will still vote in direct election will still vote for the the democrats as they have done uh since 1997 Okay, well, uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Fred Lee, former uh, lawmaker, now a, a, a political consultant. Some some thoughts from a listener. Phil B says the Democrats resigning is childish. They claim to be the check and balance of government policies, but now throw their toys from the pram because four of their members have been lawfully removed. Let's hope these Democrats depart Hong Kong with all those others who wish to leave. No loss for Hong Kong. Let's just hope the government takes away their permanent ID cards if they opt to leave Hong Kong. That comes from uh, Phil B. Uh, uh, Bowen says, Christine Lowe started the discussion emphasising the importance of patriotism, but it is precisely the one thing which is going to generate friction and division in Hong Kong against our historical backdrop. The frequent chain of events since the handover has been that the authorities would do something widely seen to be in breach of their undertakings under the Joint Declaration and the Basic Law, for example, National Education, Co-Location, Extradition Bill, and people would react strongly. Instead of better and more effective consultation the next time, the authorities would just repeat the same rigid top-down approach again and again. So the so-called lack of patriotism of people is self-manufactured, as it is also a useful weapon for the authorities to clamp down further on the pandems with. I too believe that the present and future leaders of the pandems need to become smarter, more mature, and above all they need to adopt cost-benefit analysis at least a hundred times more than before. Having said that, given the fact that Hong Kong has never been given any proper training in democracy until five years before the handover, it's a mistake to blame them too much. They've done their best and they have been courageous. Let's be fair. That is from uh, Bowen. Andrew Kay says, if everyone is leaving Hong Kong, does there need to be any future elections? Uh, Jay says, as far as I remember from the radio, it was OAPs who were, uh, that's uh, elderly, who were emigrating out to China to live in more space. As regards foreign countries, many of them you need money to qualify and a job to get in. Uh, uh, Matthew says, does Christine Lowe think Nelson Mandela and the apartheid movement were wrong to call for international sanctions against the South African uh, government? And... Uh, David says, expelled LegCo members. Have any of the above decided to take any legal action about being uh, expelled? Uh, that's question. And uh, a message from uh, D, uh, who says, uh, wrong is a subject line. And it has a story about the UK imposing sanctions against human rights uh, abusers. Uh, um, some years ago, I think that's in relation to no. Actually, Saudi is, is, Arabia. It, is this year? I mean, D is quite right. Uh, I said there, there's a need for legislation. Um, what I didn't realise was the legislation has actually been enacted okay. by Britain earlier this year. So there is now a legislative framework in Britain, and you can have sanctions as they've imposed. You could have sanctions on uh, Hong Kong officials. They could announce if they wanted to. They could announce at any time. Okay. James says I would like to applaud Christine Lowe's considered analysis and her cautious optimism for the future, and those considering entering public. And political life. She's right to advise the pro-government legislators to recalibrate themselves to be more relevant and reflective of the Hong Kong community. Thank you very much indeed for uh, everyone's uh, interesting uh, emails. Uh, uh, one more. This is from Andrew Kay, uh, who says, uh, how about for Hong Kong critics of Hong Kong, they need to state details of their most recent visit to China as a pre-qualification for their criticism. That's a suggestion from uh, Andrew Kay. Not Let's very turn. easy to visit China right now, Andrew Kay. 
no. Or, and of course, some are not allowed to visit at all. Yeah, some are never allowed to, and for anyone else, it's not very easy at all. Uh, let's turn to uh, uh, American uh, politics, uh, and uh, in particular, uh, thoughts on the uh, the transition and uh, Donald Trump's uh, 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 stance uh, at the moment. Uh, we're joined now for comment by uh, Ross Feingold. Uh, he's the head of business development at uh, Safe Pro Group. Uh, uh, an advisor and uh, consultant. Uh, Ross, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Good morning. Hi, uh, short notice. Okay, well, what's your reading, first of all? Of I mean, is this uh, Trump's uh, what looks from a distance, I've got to say, like a kind of intransigence. Um, or even petulance. Or even petulance. Uh, what, what's going to happen with that? Uh, uh, will he get anywhere? Well, as of now, from what we've seen in the lawsuits that have been filed, the evidence of widespread voter fraud is, is pretty weak. Uh, inevitably, they're going to find mistakes. You know, there's so many tens of millions of, of ballots having been cast, uh, some in person, and an extraordinary amount by mail, which obviously put a lot of strain on uh, the agencies that uh, conduct elections throughout the United States, which, is, as the listeners probably know by now, is done at a very local level. It's not done at the federal or the state level. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, it looks difficult to overturn you know, these results where, where Biden does have a, a sufficiently large margin in, in the swing states whose electoral votes will turn the election. So you know, eventually, uh, you know, both sides have to prepare for, for moving on. We don't we, we we don't see much sign of that in your in your party, do we? I mean, oh, li literally a handful of Republicans have come out and recognised um, uh, Biden as president elect, and they tend to be the ones like uh, Mitt Romney who've rebelled against uh, the party on other issues. Oh, look, it's it's a sign of the times. Uh, you know, this hyper partisanship that's existed in the United States, not just during the recent years of the Trump administration, but obviously throughout. The Obama administration and, and you know, a lot of people right. in the Democratic Party felt the same way about George W. Bush becoming president uh, uh, during a disputed election and, and uh, felt uh, you know just as partisan and, and, and disliked him as much. You know, it, it works on both sides. Well, hang on. When, when, but, tr when, yeah. Trump, when Trump won by less votes than Biden has won, Obama and the, uh, the Obama administration accepted it immediately and invited Trump round to the White House. And Trump won by less oh, that, votes than Biden's margin. Clinton conceded. That's true, uh, but but also Obama was uh, ending a second term, so he didn't have the you know the the, the argument there to say that wait I, if I won I do get to serve a second term. Uh, but you know again it's it's the era that we live in. The, you know, uh, the the president President Trump obviously inspires an enormous amount of enthusiasm among voters, and clearly inspires an enormous amount of loyalty among senators and, and members of the House of Representatives. So, Is it loyalty uh, they, or they, are, are they scared? Are they scared of him? They know what happens when Trump turns against you on Twitter. They don't, they don't want to be on the receiving end of his Twitter feed, do they? Well, that's certainly a, a, an item of a lot of discussion in the past few, few days ever since the election result uh, became clear. And also with this Georgia Senate runoff election in mind, a lot of speculation that uh, especially senators and especially Majority Leader McConnell want to keep Trump happy uh, so that he'll be uh, an enthusiastic supporter of the two candidates running for Senate, two Republican candidates running for Senate in this runoff. So they, they want to keep him happy, at least up until the first week in January. Do you think Trump will ever concede? Will he ever host 
Joe Biden at the well, White House? Well, uh, I'll, I'll throw that back at you and say, why why does he need to? You know, if, if he loses the court challenges, uh, you know, people say ask the question, is he going to you know chain himself to the to the resolute desk in the Oval Office? I think that's highly unlikely. Uh, but it's also not necessary for him to say, I concede. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't really help him politically regardless of what exactly his intentions are going forward, whether he just wants to uh, be a power broker among Republican politicians, whether he wants to run again in 2024. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd almost say it's it, it's not worth focusing on these words. So it's, okay, it's, not, uh, not concession. It's very likely he won't say them. Yeah, but as you know, smooth transfer, peaceful transfer of power uh, is... Uh, a very, very important part of uh, the democratic process, isn't it? And you know, yeah, absolutely. We all, we all hope that that there will be one, not but whether or not you know, the not president is personally you... involved in that, you know, it's a higher likelihood he'll defer that out to to his staff and, and the cab the cabinet secretaries to oversee that rather than be personally involved. So he wouldn't host uh, Joe Biden at the White House, for example. Uh, as of now, the likelihood looks looks low, and I'm not sure. At this point, President, uh, President that, okay. Biden would even want to do that. Does and does that do harm to to America? Well, having a handshake in front of the cameras between the incoming and the outgoing president, you know, it, it, it's nice to have and it's a good tradition. But you know, it's not going to do long term harm if they don't meet on the morning of January twentieth at the White House. Well, we've seen reports to Biden, minute the t- transition team already saying they they have real problems because they don't know anything about things like vaccine distribution, which is a task that they're going to the Biden administration is going to have to handle. And because uh, Trump is refusing to si- sign off on providing any information to the Biden team, they can't prepare for that. So you can see very real practical. Yeah, that, that, that is a big problem, and I, I expect that 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 will. Uh, be resolved probably within the coming days, if not weeks. Uh, but again, I wouldn't expect the president to be intimately involved in those discussions personally. But no, but he has to give the authority to, to he, he has to allow his staff to cooperate with the Biden team. And at the moment, he said, you, you can't do that because Trump thinks well, he's again, won the election. I, I, I think as these lawsuits become get, are increasingly rejected by the courts, given the, the, the so far the you know, complete failure of these lawsuits to achieve anything that you know, eventually they, they will have to confront reality and allow that process to, to begin to commence. Okay, well, Ross Feingold, many thanks for, for joining us. Head of Business Development at uh, Safe Pro Group. Thank you very much indeed. A uh, uh, couple of comments. Uh, Andrew Kay, uh, who had earlier said in an email, how about Hong Kong critics of Hong Kong? They need to state details of their most recent visit to China as a pre-qualification for their criticism. Uh, he says, uh, your co-host missed my point. Most of these critics have not been to China for decades and have no clue what they're talking about. Well, I think, as you said, some of them are not allowed to go to China, although that's certainly not true of all of them. Uh, and uh, Andy says, yesterday the government cancelled the registration of a teacher because of, quote, serious mistakes, lack of capability and failing to prepare, unquote. In that case, will the registration of Carrie Lam as chief executive be cancelled? Uh, Andrew, thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you very much indeed for all, all the uh, emails and uh, comments today. Uh, that's it from uh, Danny and myself. Uh, many thanks to uh, Raphael, our studio producer this morning. Uh, the weather forecast before we go. Mainly cloudy, dry, with sunny intervals at first and a couple of light rain patches later. Temperatures today up to 25 degrees. The outlook windier with a few rain patches over the weekend and there will be sunny intervals early next week. 23 degrees now. Humidity is at 50%. In Hong Kong, 60% of carbon emissions come from buildings and activities related to them.
But turning buildings green can reduce carbon emissions from construction and maintenance by using low-carbon materials or renewable energy, or having green features like good ventilation design. Visit the Hong Kong Green Building Council website now. Team up with the council for the first ever virtual Green Building Week from December 5th to 11th. 9:32. The news this month, Butler. The convener of the Pan-Democrats, Wu Chi-Wai, has described it as a relief after he and 14 other pro-democracy legislators resigned yesterday. They were protesting Beijing's ousting of four of their colleagues for unpatriotic behaviour. Democratic Party chairman Mr Wu defended the disrupted ta- disruptive tactics by opposition lawmakers in LegCo, saying the government had refused to respond to people's demands following last year's mass anti-government protests. Barack Obama has accused senior U.S. Republicans of undermining democracy by going along with President Trump's refusal to admit he lost last week's election. The comments were the first by the former president since the poll, which was won by his former vice president, Joe Biden. And President Trump has signed an executive order banning U.S. investors from buying or selling shares in companies that Washington deems to be owned or backed by the Chinese military. 31 firms are on the blacklist. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Hi. Good morning. And good morning to you too. How are you doing? Excellent. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. Good morning. Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Hello, back with you again, Friday. Wrapping things up for the week. We're not chefing today. Instead, at 1010, I'm going to catch up with Coast Ear, adventurer, organizer of the 2020 Adventure Cleanup Hong Kong, Esther Rolling. We did have a chat a few weeks ago when this amazing event was in full flight. It's no ordinary beach cleanup, as it requires some serious outdoor skills. That means climbing, swimming, kayaking. It requires amazing teamwork and it involves a lot of cliffs. Now today, Esther's going to join me for 10 minutes. I'm going to see if she has a winner yet. And of course, what's next? After 11, Danny Hicks presents this week's Sports and All for you. And after 12, we're going to wrap up the week, as always, at the movies with James Marsh.